Hello, InterVR listeners. This is Chris Miranda. I am the host and founder of InterVR. I am here to uh, offer you an amazing opportunity. Uh, how would you like to become a scholar and gentleman slash lady of virtual reality? Well, now you can, and it's super simple. All you have to do is um, hit the donate button to the left side of my website, intervr.net, and you shall be knighted a scholar slash gentleman slash lady of virtual reality. I uh, would really appreciate your contribution. Um, it would help me pay for bandwidth, uh, take my girlfriend out for dinner, hey. and uh, you know buy doggy treats for my dog. No. So... Thank you for your time, and enjoy the show. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast, The Citadel. Welcome to InterVR, the podcast where we talk about everything virtual reality. I am your host, Chris Miranda, and on today's show, I am joined by Luis Oliveira, he is the, I believe you are the founder of Arc uh, Immerse, Immersive Technologies. Uh, yeah. Oh, so. Yes, I founded Arc Immersive. Oh, all right. So, so tell me a little bit about uh, Arc Immersive. What do you, what is it that it does? Yeah, basically, it's uh, it's a project I started some months ago uh, when I decided that I wanted to use the Oculus Rift for uh, exploring architectural spaces. I think it has a great potential for architects. What is uh, what is your background? Where where are you coming from? Yeah. Well, actually, I'm I came from television. I, I used to make um, uh, 3D animation uh, for cartoons, things like that. Uh, but then I started working on um, uh, on a video game company, and I I learned a lot about. Uh, well, video games and interactivity and things like that. So um, when I discovered the Oculus Rift, I, I was really, really excited. So I started developing for it. That's really cool. That's really so you, so you went off and you did. Uh, huh, so you, so you, so you started off as an architect, and then uh, no television, and then you went off to working uh, for a video game company. And and what was it about yeah. the Oculus Rift that that you know that hit you that made you realize that this was something uh, worth investing your time in? Well, um, uh, because I'm uh, I always had this uh, dream of virtual reality. I um, since I was a kid, I, I always wanted to enter the, in the video game. You know, I I was uh, very addicted to video games uh, in a long time. Mm. So. Um, when the Oculus Rift came, I I was a bit uh, well. I, I didn't know what to expect, but the first time I tried, I was like blown away. I was whoa! I, I thought this uh, this might be a revolution. This might be uh, the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it has um, a great potential for uh, not only for video games, but also for other applications. What made you What made you go from uh, yes, this is going to be the next, uh, com, you know, I call it the next computer revolution, computer human interface revolution. But uh, what made you go from that to let's do let's do architecture here? Um, it was a bit of a shot in the dark, I guess. I I started to think I wanted to make some video games, but then. Well, I have many friends that are architects, and they started talking to me like, "Oh, uh, uh, what about if you can walk inside uh, my uh, our own projects and, uh, and things like that?" So I, I I started thinking about it that, that architecture can actually be very interesting for um, for virtual reality. So I started exploring it, and I just uh, I discovered myself that I actually enjoy it a lot. That's awesome. Uh, so you created, uh, is it Caso Moto Mora? Is that how you pronounce it properly? Yeah, Soto Mora. He's, uh, he's one of the most famous uh, Portuguese architects. Huh. And uh, that, uh, that house actually exists. And I, um, I just um, I, I got the, the plans for, for the house and I, I, built, uh, I built everything, just like the, the real house. Wow. Has has this has is this famous architect uh, has in, has he seen this house has he seen what you created? 
Actually, um, I'm trying to, to reach him because I, I want to, to show him uh, my, my project. I guess soon uh, I'll get in contact with him. That is a beautiful house you were able to uh, recreate. I, honestly, I was in there. I'm like, this would be my dream house, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so so how familiar are you with the real estate uh, architecture landscape? I mean, um, you know, if I were a real estate developer, you know, what... You know, uh, and, and I'm interested in your work, you know, I'll be like, uh, Luis, so I need, you know, what can you, uh, for example, I'll ask you this. What can you offer me right now that I can't get by, on my own by taking pictures of a house? Well, um, I can, what I can give is, a, is an experience. It's something, uh, it's something that uh, if you show to your clients, uh, the, the clients can walk inside the projects uh, mm -hmm. in that they couldn't do any other way. Yeah. So, so, so I guess that um, I'm still exploring that that uh, that possibility because uh, I think virtual reality is something that that's new to everybody. Definitely. So I, I think people uh, are starting to explore this uh, kind of new possibility. You know, it would be also extremely uh, cost-effective to be able to, you know, uh, browse uh, real estate uh, places by by simply, you know, quote unquote, teleporting from house to house. You know, sure, you know, I, I like Casa Modemora, but I want to see something else. Boom, snap your fingers, you're somewhere else, and you're exploring another house. So, so in that sense. Yes, uh I, I believe there's actually a future in that. I, I believe that, that there, in the future there will be many websites with uh, lots of uh, uh, real estate uh, places where you can explore with virtual reality. Right. So you created this with uh, Unity? What? What, did, what uh, engine did you use? Did you use Unity or Unreal or CryEngine? Oh, yeah. I, uh, yes, I used uh, Unity. Actually, I'm, I tried to, to use uh, Unreal too because mm -hmm. it, it has some other advantages. But uh, Unity, I think it's lighter and it's uh, just easier to work with, at least for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a lot easier and more accessible in my opinion as well. Uh, you know, is there so what is you know what is your ultimate goal with your uh, with your software with your company uh what would you like to get to you know two years three years from now well um i would i would like to uh, to have uh, many clients that that would come to me and ask me for um for projects uh, the imagine a, an architect can can come to me and say oh why I want uh, these projects to, to exist in virtual reality, and I I will uh, I will make that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be yeah. that that'd be really cool. So for you, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just agreeing with you. Yes, yeah. uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so for you, uh, you know, it, it, again, uh, I'm, I'm you know the logistics are probably being worked out as we speak or will be worked out. But you know, if I were an architect and I want you to recreate a, a model for me in, in VR, do I do I have to fly you over to Hong Kong to try it, or do I have to send you pictures? You know, how would that work, you know? Well, actually, I've, um, I've recently worked with uh, two clients, mm -hmm. and one, one of the clients is from Australia, and the other client is from the United States, and I just uh, sent uh, the project via the internet. They sent me just sent me some 3D models, I imported them to Unity, optimized, made the lights, and uh, I just sent by, uh, files back and forth, and uh, we could uh, work that way. Awesome. In terms of, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard of Matterport or uh, that new Google uh, software that it's on its way that you're able to map out your house using your phone's camera. You know, does that, in, in essence, does that aid you uh, in doing your work, or will that be an obstacle uh, in doing your work in the future? Um, I think it depends on the, the quality of the technology. I don't know if um, if it's that accurate as they show on the on the Google websites. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I would have to try it for myself to see if it could actually work. But if it will work accurately, it will be awesome. It will be 
well, I don't know. It will probably make uh, my projects much faster to to make. Yeah, uh, assuming uh, these things exist, because uh, the house I made, uh, Casa de Saltimora, is some place that I, I can go inside and it, it really exists in the real world. But uh, um, I believe most of, of the projects that I could work in virtual reality, um, sometimes the, the architects don't, don't have the, the projects yet and the things are not constructed yet. So I, I would have to, to make something from scratch. Yeah. And so, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> How many hours does it will it, would it take for you to put together a uh, a medium size size house, for example? Well, um, the project uh, you you saw, I made, uh, yeah. I took uh, about around uh, two months making it. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I took uh, a long time uh, um, exploring. Uh, possibilities and uh, I used a lot of time to research. I think if I made that exact same project again, I will take about uh, two weeks, I guess. Yeah, I figured, yeah, as the as time goes on and you perfect your technique, you would become a lot more efficient and, uh, you know, quicker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it was actually my, my first uh, Unity project. Uh, I used to work with Unity before, but I, I never completed the project like from beginning to the end. Yeah. So that was my first project. So I, I came across uh, well lots of problems and issues and things that I, I had to learn by myself on how to solve them. That's a that's a really good job you did there. How big is the uh, the market for 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 uh, for the services that you that you offer currently? How you know is there is there a number out there for in terms of how much market share you could potentially take in in the future? Well, um, I, I think this is a, an area that's uh, still unexplored, so mm -hmm. I think it's hard to give an, any numbers at least for now. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's it's definitely promising. I really like what you're doing. I, I know I fell in love with the house and the Mini Cooper at the bottom of the basement. That's is was that in the real house or did you just add that for flair? Uh, I I didn't hear. Sorry. So the little Mini Cooper at the basement is that is that in the real Casa Sotomora or is that is that something you wanted to add as your personal touch? Oh, it's uh, yeah. It was just something funny. I I just like the car and I I think it will go well with the house. It really does. <laughs> I love the yeah. I yeah. love that little Mini Cooper. I you know. I, can you drive it or is it is it just it's sort of like a, a prop right now? <laughs> ah, well, it's just a prop. But uh, I could. I actually thought of making um, uh, this project like game like. You know, just put some zombies in it. So you could drive the cars. I don't know. I could make anything. <laughs> that'd be yeah. That'd be funny. Uh, make it into a horror mystery detective game where you have to solve a crime inside of the house. I don't know. That'd be no. Yeah, that would be very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, definitely. You you have the. It feels like the the character movement. I mean, well, the the movement inside the game is it's inside your simulation is 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 just right to not give you sim sim sickness and and you know it's very, you know, I like it. It's 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 a very relaxed pace and it's it's. Especially for the, the the development kit number one, it you know I get motion sickness pretty easily if you're moving around really fast. But your simulation is uh, just right. You know you hit the spot right there. Um, so. Oh yeah, I um, actually uh, struggle a lot with uh, motion sickness because if I if I use the Oculus Rift for like ten minutes, I start getting like really dizzy, and uh, it's something that I try uh, to optimize. Uh, the most. I, I want people to feel comfortable in, in my experience. Why do you think you get uh, simulation sickness? Is it the resolution of the screen? Is it the latency? Uh, for you personally, what do you what, what do you think triggers it? Well, I, I think it's because my um, I think it's because of the brain that's uh, that's receiving signals that are not real. Like your your brain is interpreting an image and it's a moving image, so your brain thinks, oh, I'm walking, but my legs are not moving, so what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's something like that. Uh, at least for me, that's what I feel. Right. 
Is there uh by the way, I, I want to ask you, is there a plan, a plan B for, for you in terms of, uh, you know, carving out your career in virtual reality? Are you, are you sticking with architectural visualizations or, or, or do you have any, uh, any secret projects that you might you not know, want to tell the community, but you sort of are working on? What's your, what's your take on that? Well, uh, no secrets. I, I just, uh, I'm, I think for now, architecture is is fine. It's something I I'm, I like to work with. But mm -hmm. uh, I think I would like to work with any other kind of uh, simulations. Just uh, use uh, well, if people use their imagination, I, I can. I, I think I can do anything. Actually, I had this uh, this guy came to talk to me because of my project and. He was giving he was giving me this idea that uh, this could be also very interesting for um, tourism. Mm -hmm. Like you could visit uh, different places of the cities and uh, and stuff. And I, I think that that's something also worth uh, exploring. Definitely. Uh, yeah. No. I th I wonder. Well, what in terms of tourism, what what effect it would have? Would it have an effect of? Oh, I already see what Lisbon looks like. I don't have to go. Or. I saw what Lisbon looks like in virtual reality. Now I have to see it in real life. I mean, what do you think would be the effect in, in terms of that? Well, uh, I think it's the the second the second example you gave. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think if people can see see this uh, through their own eyes, they they will have. Uh, I think they, they will think, "Oh, this city is really beautiful. Now I have to go there." Mm -hmm. uh, at least, well, if you make uh, an experience believable, uh, unless you make some uh, demo that's not very good, may maybe maybe that can have the the contrary effect. But if you make a, a good demo of of a town with uh, some good uh, uh, props and stuff, I, I think uh, yeah, I think that that can have a very positive effect for uh, tourism. Definitely. What about uh, you know exploring the idea of, of augmented reality and and, and uh, architecture? Is there is there somewhere where augmented reality fits into architecture somehow? Um. Well, um, I don't know. I, I've just been working with virtual reality, so right. augmented reality is something that I, I'm not very familiar with yeah i just want to throw that out out there just in case <laughs> and you know if there yeah if anybody wonders because i i wonder also you know what other forms of uh you know technology real you know reality based technologies are being used in that space at all. i i know nothing about architecture and so for that matter i just figured if that's well, um, it's funny that uh, I'm also learning a lot about architecture because it's not my area of study. I never studied architecture. I just uh, I just like it. Mm. So it's something that I'm also learning a lot. I because I have many architect friends uh, that that come talk to me and and talk about architecture, and I just uh, realize that oh, I, I have no idea what architecture what they're talking about. <laughs> But uh, I, uh, but I'm happy that I'm also learning this, uh, well, this form of art. I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's you know, I'm 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 sort of in your same boat. I you know, I studied political science and you know, I was I worked for the police for a little bit and and I never would have imagined I would be doing podcasting, you know, not even, you know, virtual reality. Ask me two years ago what virtual reality is. I would have been like, what? What do you, what is this? You know, I would have given you Matrix and, and all that pop culture reference stuff. But, but, you know, yeah. but it's exciting because it's, it's, you, you explore, you know, this new world of possibilities and I, it keeps your, I feel like it keeps your brain sharp. Uh, and, and it's, uh, and that's a good thing, I think. In terms yeah, of... Yeah, thank you. So, in terms of uh, uh, perhaps you know the consumer, you know, and and being able to to, to visualize these their new houses, do you think that you know uh, is there a media is there a balance to strike between wow this house looks way too good versus you know you know how do you find a balance? What I'm saying is how do you find a balance between making it look really really good but at the same time not you know, overshooting the customer's expectations. Mm. Uh, but 
that you're talking about uh, technical details like lightning and stuff. Yeah. Are we talking about props. Yeah, let's yeah in that in that sense for sure. Yeah, well, um, I, I think I, um, my objective is to is to make something that feels real. Like mm -hmm. when you when you put the the, the goggles on the, the, the Oculus Rift, and um, my objective is uh, well, it's to feel as real as possible, so people feel that they're actually walking inside the house, and it's not just uh, like some bad video game or something. Yeah. What about, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, the current economics, you know, the whole European debt crisis and the whole housing market in, in you know, bubble in, in, in Spain. How is how is the European economy doing um, in terms of in like right now in terms of the housing and, and you know, demand for for real estate and those yeah. sorts of things? And, and how are and is that affecting you at all? Would that affect you in the future? Oh yeah, it, it it affects a lot. Like I, I'm I'm living in one of the poorer countries in Europe, so I couldn't have chosen the like the, the worst area possible. But uh, <laughs> um, that that's why I'm um, I'm trying to um, to get known on the community, so that's I I could uh, you know open doors in in other countries. Because uh, here in Europe is um, is not easy. Uh, the current situation uh, with the real estate and uh, well, it's just it's just bad. People people have no people have no no money for these kind of projects. And here in Portugal, uh, the architects are um, I don't I don't know if they're uh, they're very uh, open to these new technologies. They they may uh, look like uh, they may look at this as something. Uh, scary uh, or not scary, but just uh, maybe expensive, you know. Right. In terms of cost, what is yeah? What is the cost uh, that you know? A, a, you know, what is the cost of of a service such as yours versus you know them going off on blueprints and and all that stuff? Can you compete on the in the on the cost scale? Um. Yeah, I think so. That, that's also that that I'm I'm learning by myself. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a reasonable cost for now because since the, this is uh, something very new and it's still on uh, uh, it's still on uh, the development stage. Um, I want to make this uh, the costs uh, minimal for now, so so the clients. Uh, can can have a good project uh, and at the same time they're happy to, to work with me. Mm -hmm. So I believe that uh, that in the future when uh, when I can manage to, to have like a big team or uh, or a big company, I, I hope some uh, maybe someday uh, then I, I can practice uh, higher costs with uh, also higher quality projects. Definitely. Going going back to the whole uh, to the the European economy and, and, and the you know for example right now what is the what is the current uh, you know because I the last time I checked in Spain the youth unemployment level was around fifty six percent what is what is is it in Portugal how how are those what are those numbers looking like and is it is it recovering is it bouncing back are you guys or are you guys going deeper into the abyss what's happening nowadays. Well, actually, um, it's well, it, it's bad, but uh, I think it could be worse. Uh, I, I think uh, these last months uh, we've been in a recovering stage, and well, we are going to be in a recovering stage for many years because this has been like a huge fall down. But uh, uh, well. I think comparing to Spain, we are uh, not that bad. Mm. Why is that? Well, uh, that's uh, that's kind of a complicated uh, question. I, I I don't know why. It's just uh, I think just Spain is uh, is going through a very rough stage right now, and uh, and and Portugal. Well, it's um, it's more or less. Kind of the same, but just not that bad. Yeah. 
what is uh you know what are your what you know what are people in in Portugal doing to to try to get out of the the their the economic crisis? Well, there there have been having a, a lot of protests, mm. uh, a lot of them. Mm. But um, there, there's there's um, I noticed uh, many many people are starting uh, their own businesses. Uh, uh, maybe maybe the crisis is actually um, is actually motivating people to to start their own things. Because people are so desperate to to get some money and they can't uh, find a job, mm -hmm. so they start creating their own stuff. There, there is a lot and a lot of new entrepreneurs and people with their own small businesses um, to to try to survive. You know? Yeah, it's just it, to me, it's just mind-boggling how a, a a an an event such as the uh, the recession of two thousand eight, the global economic recession, could have such lasting effects for years and years and years to come and it's yes it's and and so and, and it just makes me wonder like it's it's just it was just one week two weeks two months of, of that and then you get years and years of suffering and it just feels so unnecessary yes well <laughs> uh, yeah it is uh, it's a very very complicated situation definitely be. You know, I you know I wonder I'm one of the I'm one of the crazy ones because I think that when it comes to virtual reality I, you know uh, I think that people are calling and there's different you know there might be a couple a few different camps there's people who are like this is gonna be uh, a few different camps there's this, they're, they're like this is not gonna hit then there's the ones who are gonna say uh, this is gonna be a niche product just a few hardcore gamers are gonna like it then there's gonna be there's there's people who think this is an industry there's gonna be an industry but I'm way out out there I think that VR could be an economy uh, we can create an economy inside of VR and and you know things like what you just said how people in, in Portugal and in all across Europe are so desperate to do something to make money that you know that they're starting their own businesses why don't you know and you are one of the examples you are creating a business inside of virtual reality um, and I wonder if we could you know perhaps create an economy inside VR that could, you know, get rid of the nonsense of our current monetary system. No, no more recessions, no more crashes, uh, no more being held by the balls by the Federal Reserve or the European banks or whatever. Uh, and instead... But are, are, you, uh, are you talking about something like Bitcoin? Yeah, but it would be like uh, something that people would go inside VR and they would create things for each other inside VR, and they would have a, yeah a, a a currency that would be tied to VR and also um, not regulated by any any governmental body. Cause that you know, and I wonder like because here's here's the thing like you have this massive unemployment in across Europe and not just Europe, all over the world. Um, and where are these jobs gonna come from? Who's gonna are we you know are, where is the money gonna there's, I mean, and also, like, who's going to provide the credit for these businesses to, small businesses to get started? It just, it just feels like, uh, you know, the time feels ripe for something really insane like that to happen. Maybe I'm just way talking out of my ass. Maybe I'm crazy. But I think that it's, it, it you know, why not? What do you think? Is that, am I, am I crazy? <laughs> well, no, I actually... I actually thought thought about that some days ago. I, I think that uh, virtual reality someday will have some some kind of uh, second life worlds where people trade stuff, well, just like in Second Life, but well for VR, mm -hmm. where where there is this uh, specific uh, economy and people are making money out of it. Actually, I saw on Discovery Channel the other day uh, they were talking about Second Life and. Uh, that there are some people making a lot of a lot of money in, in it because they work uh, in the game. Mm -hmm. They just make uh, assets and props and things like that, and they sell. And I believe that in virtual reality, we in some years from now, we we may see that happen. Yeah, and and it would be. <laughs> it, it, it should, I don't know. It should, just shouldn't. It, it feels like we're heading into this new century, and we we're still stuck on the same economic models. We're still having the same old debates from the last, you know, from you know, fifty years ago: communism versus capitalism, free market versus 
you know, centralized bureaucracies. It just, you know, yeah. let's let's think about the future. Let's let's move forward and you know, take the best ideas from the old models and come up with something better and you know that doesn't fucking crash every every few years and leads you off into misery and yeah I, you know i yeah. don't know but because otherwise what is the you know what is how long before people in portugal and people in spain and people across europe you know really just stop uh and i wonder like will it will there ever be a breaking point in 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 portugal at what point does do do things get so bad that like all right you know there we we need to do something big are are people in portugal you know you say they're protesting but are, are is are these protests effective or is change happening around them um well uh, yes people when people see these protests on television and stuff uh People know that things are bad, and uh, I think the, sometimes the protests can be effective the, because sometimes the politicians actually uh, hear the people. Well, unfortunately, not most of the times. Mm -hmm. But uh, but well, people have the right to protest, and and I think if people are unhappy, they should do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, uh, fortunately, here in Portugal, there hasn't been any violence. Uh, most of the protests are peaceful. Awesome. Um, so, but uh, well, they're not uh, as effective as they should be. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, you wonder what's ne you know what's next? How do you how do you make you know make something more effective than protesting? And I have no clue. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would no idea where what what could be the thing that could. Uh, uh you know i i thought i thought about perhaps voting with our taxes uh through the internet i don't know if that's something that you know but that but that would be so insane politicians would never never want that you know people you know deciding on you know on an educated basis yeah i don't want to vote for more military spending i think i'd rather vote for more renewable energy or more education i don't know and and you vote with your taxes instead with your Instead, with this abstract thing called a vote, but again, yeah, well, yeah, yeah we're in crazy land. Sorry. <laughs> what about uh, the whole thing in Ukraine, man? Does that, in any sense, you know, uh, keep you uh, worried about the future, or is that something just too far away for you to think about nowadays? Well, Ukraine isn't that far away, um, and it's a very preoccupying situation. Yeah, uh, because uh, um, like a full-scale war, like is possible, but I don't think it's it's going to happen because uh, it just it just doesn't make sense, you know. Um, this is uh, this is, what's happening in Ukraine is just some some politics shit that's happening and. Uh, and it has to do with Russia because uh, they're interested in the well. They they want to keep Ukraine on their side, but part of the Ukraine wants what wants to come to to the United to the European Union. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, what I think that's going to happen is that they they are going to divide the country, like half of the country is going to to come to uh, to the United. I, to the European Union, mm -hmm. and the other half is going to be part of Russia, and okay, and, and then everybody's happy, I guess. Yeah, you know, you, I, you know, you feel, you figured that that chapter in our in our history was over, the whole Cold War chapter, but it's like it's rearing its ugly head, uh, you know, right back in, you know, North and South Korea, South and North Vietnam. You know, east yeah. and west. You know, Berlin. Now you got. You're gonna have east and west Ukraine. That's, hmm, man. I thought we were over this humanity. What happened? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Is it? Is it? The, is it about the gas? You know how is is Portugal reliant on Russian gas currently? Um. Well, a, a lot of part of, of Europe is is relying on uh, Russian gas. Mm -hmm. um, but Portugal, uh, I, I don't, I don't actually know where our gas comes from. Now that I think of, I don't know if it comes from France or, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to check that. I, I don't know where 
Sure. Where our energy comes from. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. Uh, yeah. I, you know. That's uh. Yeah. Because I figured that's that's something that you know would would pull you guys because you're part of NATO and so you know the worst case scenario is um, Russia you know getting into Lithuania or Estonia. Or, or maybe Poland, and then all of a sudden you have this, it just feels like World War One all over again. I don't know if you listen to this guy named Dan Carlin. He has this podcast, and he talks about how we're repeating the same um, mistakes of World War One, where you have these giant alliances, you know, where I'll cover your back if you, if, if, if someone attacks you, and all of a sudden you have these major powers getting dragged into these these conflicts. It's just, yeah, it's just, I just wonder whether... Whether we will learn our I lessons. Just see, uh, I see this situation uh, more similar to Cold War instead of a World War because I don't actually believe there's going to be war. I just think many countries are just bluffing, and that's uh, just what's happening. I don't think it's uh, Russia's interest to have a full-scale war with, well, basically the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh we'll keep uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed and I'll and I'll have uh, I'll have you guys in my thoughts man because it's uh it's crazy man Jesus humanity we can we we can do better fuck uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is uh what is your ultimate dream for virtual reality what would you think what do you think it'll be become one day you know it, it, I mean pie in the sky what is the your ultimate you know vision of what VR could become well uh, I would like to come uh, to become mainstream, but um, I don't actually believe it will become uh, that mainstream unless it's uh, really cheap and simple to use for people at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's uh, going to be always a like of a niche market where where only the enthusiasts are going to use it, or um, for work, like uh, simulations and things like that, or for some kind of entertainment. But I don't see it as, uh, as something that everybody will have in their homes, you know. What is the biggest obstacle preventing that from happening, from it becoming massive, massively adopted everywhere? What, what do you think is the biggest obstacle to VR for VR? Well, it, um, I think it's a, it's a couple of things. Well, first, it's um, it's something that's very very individual, mm-hmm. and people people normally like to like to share experiences. And with virtual reality, something very antisocial is just there in your own world. Yeah. Um, but th- there's also other issues, other issues like the the price. Uh, I think uh, the Oculus Rift was amazing, the, the, at least this first price, the the the, um, the dev kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually believe that most people are not willing to pay three hundred dollars for uh, just for a pair of goggles that some people don't even know what's that for. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is most interesting just uh, for the gamers market. Like lots of gamers are really excited with this. Most of people want to play Skyrim and Minecraft and every game on on virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it has to be something that's simple to use. It has to be something that people can just sit on the couch, uh, put the the glasses on, and play. That's uh, the same way they were if they were just playing uh, well Xbox or PlayStation right and, and and so if it's if it's something that in your in your, you know in your in your in the context of, of your of your idea of your vision it, if it's something that is meant to be that is going to become just for game or mostly for gamers I I, I, must, I gotta ask why are you going against the current personally you know why are you not doing a game for you personally since that's oh, because, where because um, what I was talking about, uh, I was talking about home consumers, but I'm not working for home consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working for like the, the commercial market where, uh, like, well, uh, how do you say in English? Uh, like a workplace, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people to uh, architects to use and yeah. uh, real real estate, something something disconnected from uh, from uh, home usage. It's not something that I will uh, I will sell to masses, but instead I, I will just sell projects to, to clients. So I, I think it's a, a little bit different. Yeah, 
you know, I think I think that it, it, what you're doing is, in my mind, I think you are bringing VR to uh, the masses because, you know, what 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 you're doing is you are um, making these more casual, more professional experiences available for 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 society for people who are interested in VR. And and that's and I think that's really valuable because the current yeah the current current or channel of people that want you know is mostly geared towards gaming and I think that if VR is going to be successful it's gonna have to branch out into unknown uncharted territory and and that is exactly what you're doing I, and I think you, and I have to commend you on doing what you're doing because it's not I don't know if it's gonna be an easy path for you to to walk but. But I, I'm sure it's going to be worth it in the long run, and I, I'm crossing my fingers for your success, good sir. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, yes, and I hope uh, I, I hope that this uh, this uh, this will have uh, some real usage someday, and um, and I actually believe it will because uh, I think it's uh, it's something too interesting for for people just to ignore it, you know. Yeah. What do you think is the you know the one thing that would be missing, you know, as we speak? Is there something missing that could add even more to virtual reality? Perhaps a, a glove interface, or perhaps better uh, VR three D audio. What do you think? Well, actually, about the audio, I saw uh, on Reddit the other day uh, some people were developing this uh, binaural audio uh, software. I, I have to check that, that out. Uh, um, um, uh, that that could be very, very interesting to VR. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, well, th there's something that I think it has to be solved, and it, that's the motion sickness. There are a lot of people that suffer from motion sickness. Yeah. Um, I showed my project to a lot of people, and I would say like almost half of it, almost a half of the people suffer from motion sickness. Hmm. And that's that's uh, what I believe is the biggest obstacle. And I hope that the guys at Oculus can can solve that. Yeah. Do you do you think it's gonna be? It's a matter of the latency, lowering the latency, and and perhaps upping the resolution of the screen. I had to, I you know, I, I I agree with you in terms of the motion sickness. It is it is an issue that is a game breaker. But I got to try out um, the zombies on the holodeck from Servios, and I did it on a in an HD Oculus. And to be oh, it's right yeah, it was uh, it was a total, a total treat. And and to be frank, I mean, I had a zero zero nausea. And I'm not sure oh. if it's the fact that it was just a better resolution screen that you know that made the the immersion more seamless or the positional tracking that was enabled. I, I I'm not sure what it really was, but you know I think that it's gonna be the lowest hanging tree to grab from the the the, the lowest hanging fruit from the tree. <laughs> I think, um, and and hopefully. Yeah, uh, and hopefully they 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 get that out of the way. What you know, have you played been paying attention to Sony and, and perhaps what they're working on? Do you think it's uh, you know, GDC is next week and they're planning on releasing their uh, their their own VR headset. Uh, you know, is that something yeah. you're paying attention to? Yes, yes, uh, and I'm uh, and I'm really excited with it because um, uh, if if the other companies start to to also pay attention and make their own virtual reality headsets, mm -hmm. it's going to be amazing for the VR world because, uh, well, a lot of money is going to be invested in it. So we are going to have uh, better quality. We're going to have uh, probably better headsets with better resolutions and uh, even lower latencies, things like that. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and, all, and I think it's also very important to... Uh, to try to import this uh, to the consoles because for now just the well the, the desktop computer people are using it but uh, I think it's very important to export this uh, to the consoles and I, I think that's what Sony is trying to do they're going to use this with PlayStation 4 I guess do you think competing with Oculus, or Sony, Sony competing with Oculus will will hurt virtual reality as a whole, or will make it uh, better? I think it will make it better. Uh, yeah. I, I always believe that competition is a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting, and I, you know, I and I keep my fingers crossed that they don't fuck it up uh, uh, by releasing something subpar and then giving VR a bad name, and then consumers are gonna be turned off by by Oculus, by, you know, it could be, yeah, it, it, it I don't know, maybe maybe I'm overthinking it that way, but uh, I'm hoping. No, no, it's, it can happen. Yes, it can happen, uh, and let's hope it doesn't happen. Uh, well, let's well, let's just see. Uh, yeah. it's not the first time that Sony fucks up. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've they've done. I mean, they make great games. I gotta tell you, I I own a PS3, and so, you know, some of my favorite gaming experiences have been on the on a Sony console. Um, but you you are you told me you were a gamer as well. You know what what are your favorite games? Uh, top five favorite games of all time. Oh, uh, all the all the Elder Scrolls. All like, the Elder Scrolls. Skyrim, Oblivion, and Morrowind are my top three games. But uh, uh, I would say maybe I, I like Neverwinter Nights, and I also like uh, Mass Effect. I, I love that game. It was really good. Mass Effect, really good. yeah, Mass Effect yes. 2. I um, I got to play Mass Effect 2. I, I, I didn't get to Mass Effect 3, but Mass Effect 2, all I remember is one is, is figuring out ways to have sex with Miranda. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to find a way to have sex with you. Um, and I did it, and it was sort of satisfying. And, and, and in that sense, I was like, I, I, I think I beat the game now. I am happy with this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's, uh, and uh, have you tried um, Dragon Age? No, I've heard so many good things about it, but I, you know, is it one of those games where I'm gonna put in eighty, a hundred hours, and I'm still gonna be not even halfway through? Yes, yes it's <laughs> very time consuming. Very time consuming, but it's very uh, it's worth it. Uh, but just the first one. The second one is kind of shitty, but the, the first one is, <laughs> is, is very. What makes the first one so good? Um. I think it's uh, it was the first game that I played that I I, I felt that I was playing a movie because hmm. um, it was so well done um, because uh, like I told you I, I worked in television hmm. and um, I learned a lot about uh, movies and cinema and the way the game is made is different from the others it's just uh, in a very cinematic way you know the, the even the the way they place the cameras uh, and everything is uh, everything is very very well thought and the acting is great so uh it was the first game that i actually felt that i was in some kind of movie wow. yes yes it's um, and that's that's what makes it so great I'm I'm tempted. I played. I did play Skyrim. I, I played three or four hours of Skyrim, and, and I absolutely loved it. I got to the. Um, I think I got to the first drag. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it was it was an awesome game. I you know. I, I, are you? Would you be willing to? I mean, uh, again, assuming pie in the sky, someone is able to mod Skyrim to make it you know properly Oculus compatible, and you all of us, and you have a consumer version of Oculus. And and uh, would you would you go back into Skyrim to do it all over again inside VR, or is or is this or is that a chapter that you've already you know done in your book? Well, that scares me because if, <laughs> if, if that works, if they, if they can port Skyrim correctly in the, in the Oculus Rift, I can say goodbye to my social life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good. I mean, that's a uh, yeah. I would uh, man. Yeah, I am. Uh, I. I want to go inside Skyrim, but I want to go in with friends. I, I, I want to be in that world with someone else, you know? I, and inside, and, and using it, it just feels like there's so much potential. I feel like, you know, people are talking about what is, you know, the killer app for all, for VR. What is going to, you know, all the, the big killer app is going to be porn. I, I think that if, if somehow Bethesda makes Skyrim or a, you know, one of them Elder Scrolls games multiplayer, and virtual reality compatible fuck you know you found your you found your killer app that's that's it right there uh, yeah uh, actually uh, actually i think that elder scrolls is the, the kind of game that it shouldn't be massive multiplayer really my, because uh, because the experience is it's just cool that way it's it's very cinematic and and it's it's done in a way where where everything is planned. Uh, haven't you felt sometimes when you play online games that you're playing with kids and they're just like screaming in the microphones and 
all the well, time. Well, they're insulting everybody, and they they just kill you in the game, and they just teabag you. I. And, <laughs> you know that that breaks the immersion. You know, and what I like about Skyrim is that the game is is serious, and mm-hmm. if you're playing massively online, people are going to ruin it. So mm. I think that's uh, that those kind of games would work very well, uh, but in a LAN environment. You're just there, but just with a friend. You know, yes. And you're taking that kind of seriously. That's what I was... Yeah. yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, I, I finished my, my turn off. You, I think that's... that's I you're, you're exactly right right there. LAN, uh, a local uh, multiplayer experience where, I, you know, in fact, you know, fuck, fuck the, the whole MMO uh, VR thing because you, I, I don't want... I, I don't want to go inside Skyrim with strangers. I want to go inside with my girlfriend. And we, you know, I want to, that's why, and I want to experience that world with her inside, you know, or, or with my family. My grandpa, he's a gamer, and, and my cousin, my little cousins, we're, you know, we want to form a posse and go off and kill fucking dragons. That's, yeah. that would be, I mean, I, it, it, that's what I was referring to. That would be the killer app, you know. You know that's, has, well, that would be the most awesome thing ever. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually remember now, but I think I saw mods that you could play Skyrim on LAN. Really? Uh, yeah, I saw a mod somewhere. Uh, that, uh, but I, I just don't know if, if it works because I never installed it. Uh, but uh, I saw that somewhere. Well, that's oh. what I'm hoping, uh, crossing my fingers uh, for. Someone, some brave soul out there, if you're if you're listening to this podcast... Please make it make it so mod Skyrim so that it is VR compatible and local multiplayer available. Oh my God, yeah, because I don't want to lose my social life. I I, I want to have some form of social life, but I want you know, but I also want to be inside VR. I want to have my cake and eat it, and so I figured let's let let me bring my friends along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I feel like. That's what's gonna be. You know, if the thing that's gonna bring VR to uh, not at least not if not the masses, but at least you know, give Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, well, the Wii U is dead, uh, a, a run for its money. You know, the ability to because VR is a bit a bit of a lonely experience. I have to admit, um, as awesome as it is, you know, you are in that world by yourself. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. That's why Dreadhalls is you know, and the horror games are so visceral because it you know you're in you're by yourself in there. <laughs> there's a, that there's that sense that you're somewhere else. Yes, exactly. What what about uh what other types of games do you do you think are 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 best suited for virtual reality? You know. Um, I think horror games work very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, well, uh, when I tried the Dreadhalls, it, it was actually the first time I felt fear in the game. I, I just, uh, because I normally can abstract myself from the, the, the experience, and when I play horror games, well, I just, I'm never, like, really scared, you know, I just play it and I, I have some fun, but when I tried with the Oculus Rift, it was kind of intensive, and it, it, uh, it works very well. Yeah. It does. I, I, you know, I, I interviewed uh, Sergio Hidalgo. Uh, if you're listening, Sergio, you're, you are, you are. I, I called him. He, he's a, a merchant of, of horror uh, because that's the experience that he's uh, sending out into the world. And goddamn, is he doing doing an amazing job with it? Um, yeah. Horror games are are, are truly gonna be uh, traumatizing, and I will keep keep my kids away from them for a while if I ever have kids. Cause <laughs> that, damn. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> In terms of uh, you know, your fears of what could be virtual reality become, virtual reality become. Are are you worried what could happen if you know? In terms of like, let me ask you this: What is something that you would not want virtual reality to become or or do or or you know? Be... Well, I think. Um, uh, I think it, it it's just like the, the, the what video games have become. It, it, it's uh, it's fun, it's entertaining, but some people just uh, uh, get really addicted to it, and sometimes uh, can can have a very um, a very complicated life. 
you know, people that quit their jobs just to play a game, or people that don't spend time with their families just to play games. Yeah. Uh, and that's some kind of addiction that uh, I think it's uh, kind of inevitable, you know. Uh, many good things will come, and some bad things will come, but uh, that's just the things we are. I, I think there's not, there's not much to do about it, and... Uh, the most uh, what, what you can try to do about it is just to put some kind of uh, warnings, like when you sell a product, you know, mm-hmm. just when you when you see a video game, sometimes has those warnings like, oh, don't play for more than one hour straight, you know, and try to pause in between and things like that. But well, everybody knows that nobody does that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo is one of those that uh, when you know, when I played uh, Zelda Skyward Sword, you know, every every once in a while, I, you know, after a while, I stopped getting those messages, but I didn't. I do remember getting a message once in a while saying, "Hey, you should take a break." Fuck you, Nintendo! Don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown ass man. Um, yes. <laughs> but but it's but there's definitely value to to you know putting down the controller a bit and and you know letting. Getting some fresh air. Vitamin vitamin D. You know, I think in the U.S. we have a um, we have this problem where we're not getting enough sun. We're not going outside enough. So, so yeah, that's actually that's actually uh, something I think about uh, Americans in general. I think people spend too much time in their homes. Yeah, I I um, at, least, at least here. Uh, well, I I don't know if you ever visited Portugal, but. Uh, um, here we have a lot of coasts, and I actually live very near the sea, so for me it's very important to sometimes get out, jog a bit, and just go to the beach or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm super lucky, super lucky that I live next to the, the ocean as well, and, and I get to uh, I get to go out and, 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 and I sort of just go out and meditate and think about things, and you know the ocean. Looking out into the ocean, the vastness of this motherfucker gives you a a sense of humility and perspective that is unlike many things out there. It's it's almost like it's almost like doing a drug without <laughs> doing any drugs because it just gives you. I mean, when you when you just think about it and sit there for a while and you and, and I don't know if many people think about this, but I you know I look out into the ocean. I get I get lost in the horizon of it and then look back into the city and these this 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 growth of humanity it just it just reminds me the ocean it reminds me that you know this all of this is just temporary this life is just a glimpse a time you know a blink of an eye and you know it's so fleeting and, it, and we're so small and it add in for in in a sense it gives me both humility and it empowers me because you know what the fuck am I doing in my life? I got. I'm gonna do what I want. You know what 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 gives me passion, what gives me meaning. And you, I feel like you're right. I feel like more people need to get out and experience nature. Um, and I wonder if virtual reality could help us do that. I wonder if if you know by you know when we're talking about tourism, perhaps you know by by giving us tourist uh, a, a tourist VR experience of Yosemite or Yellowstone or a national park in Portugal, people will be like, man, I think I want to go there. Yes, I, I, I believe it's, uh, it can help in that. Yeah, so, so I, you know, because I think, you know, the last thing people want is to, is, is to recreate the Matrix. I, I feel like, you know, movies are, are, great, are a great blueprint of what not to do. You know, if you look at the Matrix, if you look at... Uh, I don't know, Demolition Man or, or all these other, you know, dystopian futures that the movie creators, Hollywood creates, I, you know, the, uh, sure, you could, we could use those as examples of look what could go wrong, um, or we could use them as examples of like, look what we could, we should not do. Um, yeah. But yes, I, I think, uh, I think the Matrix uh, made that very, very clear. Yeah. Is it is it is it becoming a, a reality in in Europe in Portugal right now the whole uh, automation of jobs thing you know how how jobs are being taken by machines is that is that something that's creeping up on you guys or not yet? 
Well, um, it just it, I think it depends on the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. That happens when it's economically economically viable in a factory. Instead of having 100 workers, maybe if a machine can substitute 100 workers, I, I think uh, the factories invest in that. But uh, I think it uh, largely depends on the industry. But here, um, I think people here prefer um, more humane things, I guess. Mm-hmm. Things here are, are made in a... In many ways, the, the old-fashioned way, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. What's um, what's your favorite food from Portugal? What, if I ever get, to, I have I have yet to have the pleasure to visit Portugal, but I, you know, what is something you recommend if I ever go down there? You know, that that would be a staple in your cuisine. Well, we are very well known by because of our codfish. Codfish here is amazingly good. Hmm. And uh, in the city I live, which is Porto, uh, we have something very typical, but just for from this city, which is a francesinha. A francesinha is something like, do you know what a croque monsieur is? No, no, please enlighten me, sir. So a croque monsieur is uh, something that you can eat in France. It's, uh, it's like a sandwich um, with uh, cheese and some kind of meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, here in Portugal, um, here in Porto, uh, francesinha is like uh, it's like that. It's like a sandwich, but with a hot sauce, uh, tomato hot sauce that is like really really good. Yeah, I am. Uh... If you ever if you ever come here to Portugal, uh, well, I'll, 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 you can talk to me and I'll show you uh, the best food. Yes, my mouth is salivating. I am. Uh, I'm so excited to, to thank you for the offer. I will, if I if I ever swing by, I will I will hit you up, and I I, I hope I can get a tour of your houses and uh, perhaps some. Uh, and I'll show you casa so tomorrow. Yeah, the real yeah, awesome. I'm looking forward to that. You know, you take and, me. Let Let's go down the rabbit hole for a quick second. Sorry if, if you were about to say something. Uh, yeah, no, it must be strange because now that I thought, like, uh, I knew the, I know the house, like, before the project, but I would like to know the opinion, opinion from someone that has never seen the house and has tried in virtual reality, and then it, uh, and then you go to the real house, and how do you feel, like, oh, I've been here before, you know? Well, let's let's put a call out. If you're in Western Europe or nearby, uh, Luis, uh, get in touch with Luis and and see if you have an Oculus Rift and you've never been to Casa, Casa Sotomora, uh, head down to Portugal and Luis will take you there to Casa Sotomora so you can give him feedback on uh, on the real thing. I don't, I don't know if that'll work, but you know who knows. <laughs> Let let's go down the rabbit hole for a quick sec. And here's okay. a here's a crazy idea. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where, you know, we will be able to? So at at this point, if VR, we're we're exploring, you know, starting to take away the senses from from reality, right? So we have vision. It's it, with with the Oculus Rift. We'll have audio being removed. You know, our our sense of uh, of uh, our auditory senses will be removed by binaural audio. Yeah. Uh, our touch, you know, will eventually be get removed from reality by using, ta- you know, haptic feedback gloves or tactical haptics. That's a plug for you know, sort of uh, controllers. Uh, but uh, do you think we'll ever get to uh, a point where we might be able to simulate smell or or taste? You know, because I mean, we were talking about the Matrix. We're talking about this delicious Portuguese food. You know, I wonder if we'll if we'll ever get to a point where we'll be able to you know, send electrical signals to our brain or our tongue, and all of a sudden I'll be in VR and I'll be uh, in Portugal trying out these amazing foods, and the you know the the machine will be able to trick my brain into thinking that you know, or my my palate into thinking that mm, this is a Portuguese sandwich. Do you think um, that's a possibility? I, I think it will do maybe someday, but uh, I would give it a few centuries because. The brain is probably one of the most mysterious uh, things that exists. Like we, the scientists and everybody that stu- study the brain, um, people only know like 
what are some of cap the capabilities of the brain, but it's, it's something that is still being studied because it's still a mystery to us. Yeah. So I guess, uh, firstly, we, we would have to unlock those mysteries, so then we could manipulate it. Yeah. We're gonna have to. That's uh. Yeah. And and I wonder if 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 that ever became a an actual thing. If that ever became an actual product, where <laughs> let's say you go to the the mall and at the mall they're selling Oculus Rifts. You know, buy the bundle, you get an Oculus Rift and a glove and a tongue and you know a tongue glove <laughs> and that tongue glove. <laughs> <laughs> that tongue glove, you know, uh, tricks your tongue into thinking that you're eating stuff. Would you Would you want to buy something like that? Personally? That's a bit creepy. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I love to eat, you know. I just, I, I love to eat. So yeah. I like to go to a good restaurant and have a good meal. So I I don't know if I, I could ever think of an alternative like in virtual reality. It's just it's a bit creepy. I don't know. Yeah, on the on the other on the flip side of it, you know, I agree, it is fucking creepy. But on the flip side, you know, if you have a problem with obesity, uh, with with you trying to lose weight, this could be something that you know could help you. <laughs> Not, I don't know. Um, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I, again, we're in the we're in the rabbit hole. It's it's crazy town. So so uh, I'm just uh, throwing shit out there. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, if, if there's anything else uh, that you'd like to mention to the community, uh, Luis, uh, you know, right now would be an awesome time, you know, um, because we are starting to come to a close. It's been a, 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 a pleasure. Thank you so much for indulging me and my crazy ideas. Um, but yeah, tell me, tell me, how can people get in touch with you? How can people get involved, support you, all that good stuff? Well, uh, what I would like to, to tell for anybody that's listening to this is uh, if, if you want to talk to me, I'm very open to it. I, and uh, if anybody has, uh, wants to ask any questions about, about my work, you can uh, check out my, my website. And that website is? Uh, well, you can check out at uh, www.archimmersive.com. Awesome. And I will have that website link in the show notes, um, you know, also to your Twitter page, uh, your Twitter uh, feed. And uh, do you have a Facebook page as well? Mm -hmm. Cool. All that good stuff will be on the show notes. Uh, please follow, subscribe, get in touch with Luis. He's doing some awesome work. I, I again, I commend you on, on, on the path that you are paving. Uh, please keep going and, and thank you for your time. All right. 